Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is John McMullen, and I'm your guy, Tone DeShields II. We appreciate you guys for always staying locked in on the content. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys always stay engaged in the content. We appreciate all the love and support. Also, make sure you guys go check us out on jkibsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. There you'll find out a lot of stuff about your Philadelphia Eagles. You'll see writing from John McMullen. And during the season, you'll see stat packages from our guy, Paul Domowicz. So before we get too deep into the nitty-gritty, John, how are you feeling, man? Long time no see. Uh, feeling good. Good to see you, Tone. Uh, yeah, hot uh, here. Even hotter where you are, though. So I guess I can't complain. Yeah, I guess when you put it that way, right? Uh, I was telling you off, you know, off air in Texas – and I, t- I pretty much told everybody I, I didn't move, I didn't move to Texas already, but in Texas it's regularly over a hundred degrees now. That's something I'm not used to. Now Philly, you may see 95, 98 on a bad day. You might see 99, but 110, 108 regularly. I'm st- I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. <laughs> that extra 10 degrees can matter greatly. Uh, yeah. But today it was over 90. Uh, it's been, it hasn't been too bad, but it's going to be um, oh, it's going to be 95, 96 on Friday, the next time the Eagles practice. So they might even move it up an hour. That's typically what they did last year on really hot days. So we'll have to see how it shakes out, though. Yeah, and it's interesting because today was technically day one of practice, but yesterday was the official day one of training camp. So, you know, can you walk us through kind of, you know, what happened, you know, yesterday and today? I know today was actually the first that you guys had a, had access to the players, but, you know, can you walk us through typically what goes on day one of training camp and then also what, what you know, what, what, what went down today? Uh, reporting day is basically just, physicals and then you do the conditioning test so if you think about a couple years ago you know maybe you'll see players in other cities being put on the pup list really quickly and then coming off a day or two later that probably means they failed their conditioning test um you know maybe they had a bad day whatever but uh everybody was able to pass it this year for the eagles so everybody that was healthy uh, was out there. Um, Hassan Reddick had a little bit of a groin tweak, but it's not serious. People shouldn't worry about that. He's scheduled to be back on the weekend. And, you know, that's the Eagles mentality is um, 
you know, if you got a tweak on anything and you're a key player, they're going to err on the side of caution. They've proven that it's about staying as healthy as possible. So um, he had that soreness in his groin, but as I said, he's expected to be back on, on Sunday. Um, Derek Barnett, Avante Maddox were limited um, and they're both coming off surgeries. Derek, the ACL, Avante had the turp toe. Uh, still working his way back. Um, so that's it. Pretty healthy team. Um, and and that's been sort of a strength. Um, certainly was a strength last year. The Eagles admit there's some luck involved when it comes to injuries, but they try to be as careful as possible and try to control their part of it. And, um, you know, that's why they're out on the field for 58 minutes, which is basically what they did today. First day green session, as they call it. So it was just under an hour. Um, pretty significant heat. A lot of red zone. That's also a, a Nick Sirianni staple that we've learned. The first practice, a lot of red zone work for the offense. And that was, again, the case today. Is that also a clever way of trying to limit the amount of miles these guys put in their legs as well? Uh, that's a good question. I, 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 I can ask Nick uh, when I see him um, later, whether it's Friday or Sunday, but um, I think it's more to do with situational football, but you never know. I mean, um, they're very cognizant of, of, of uh, as we said, uh, taking care of the players' bodies and all that kind of stuff. But eventually you have to go into, you know, the full field stuff, the long drives, because you're going to have to go through that. You're going to have to replicate it. So, right. you know, one thing about Nick Sirianni, he's obsessive with situational football. So he spends a lot of time, the time the Eagles do have on the field in, in various situations and, he always starts camp for whatever reason with red zone. Um, and, you know, it's one of the most important situations in football. So um, I guess he feels it's the most important. So you kind of start off in that, that, that way. Yeah. It's funny. Nick is entering his third season as the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. And obviously they came off a tremendous year last year, fell a little short, but still a great year overall. I think a lot of us can say they overachieved, especially when you think about what the original expectations were for the team. Uh, but overall, Nick Sirianni has steadily improved every single year uh, as the Eagles head coach, two years in the book, entering the third season. And you guys also had an opportunity to speak to him as well, also spoke to Howie. So just based off, you know, the overall vibes and the tempo of the press conference you know what's the overall sense and feeling that you get from uh, Nick Sirianni Howard Roseman entering especially for Sirianni <clears throat> again entering his third season as the head coach well they want to they want to temper those expectations understandably so um from the standpoint you know not only from the standpoint of of, of the outside voices but that's not as important as as making sure the players are on the same page, you know, the one day at a time sort of uh, creed. And, you know, the worst thing you can do is assume, hey, we're pretty good and uh, start looking past, 
whether it's New England in week one or Minnesota in week two or some of those lesser teams, it seems like on paper, uh, and start thinking, you know, you look at the, the Eagles are the betting favorites. Everybody says the Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl, or a lot of people say that. And Nick does not like that, to, to put it mildly, because, um, you know, they're not thinking about the Super Bowl. And he made that very clear. You know, they're only thinking about getting better today, getting better in the next practice, and, and getting ready for New England in week one. And then you knock that one off and you go to the next one. And that's how you develop into a really good team. You don't develop into a really good team saying, worrying about Kansas City down the road or San Francisco down the road. I mean, that's just not how you do it. You know, it's funny he says, you know, we want to focus on the day-to-day and, you know, the details, the fundamentals, and making sure that we're ironing out all the wrinkles, right? But then he also has those moments where he – you know, says things like, you know, I, you know, I never want to forget that moment or, you know, it, it, you know, it will always eat at me. And he has little ways of making sure the players never forget uh, what that Super Bowl loss felt like, you know, like speak on the difficulty of trying to keep your guys focused on the day to day, keeping them focused on the the ever so important details, but also trying to balance that with making sure they understand that we do have a bigger goal at the end of this. Well, I think goals are fine. Um, you know, expectations, high expectations are not a bad thing. Um, I, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. You can have high expectations. You can expect to win every week. Um, but, how, but how does a coach, you know, teeter that line in terms of the message he's given to his players? Well, Nick's message never changes. It's, you know, the the only question I have about Nick's message is, you know, with all coaches, it's, you know, the more you hear it, especially for the guys who've been here, it's human nature to say, oh, I, I heard this. Let's tune it out a little bit. And he acknowledged when he talked to us leading up to training camp, he's always got to come up with new ways to, to get people on the same page. You know, back in the 2017 season, uh, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, you know, seems like it was so long ago. <laughs> and you know, they were rightfully very proud of it. Obviously, first Super Bowl championship remains the only Super Bowl championship in franchise history. Obviously, you should celebrate it. But if you remember, and part of it was that Carson was injured. Carson Wentz. Um, Remember, it didn't start the 2018 season. He was still rehabbing. Um, it was still Nick Bowles. And they struggled a little bit at the start. Um, and, you know, it was Malcolm Jenkins who said, look, you know, that they had this big Super Bowl 52 champion sign in the locker room. And he said, get that, get that out of here. You know, we, we haven't won anything. Um because it's a, a new group. Um, and they ultimately recovered to at least make the playoffs and make a, a decent run. Um, obviously didn't uh, make it back. But um, I, I was always struck by Malcolm 
who was obviously, you know, maybe the best team leader since I've been here, um, just from a pure leadership ability. Um, and, and, and he was preaching that message back then. It's, it's not new in, in, in football, you know, the minute you start looking ahead is the minute you're going to get bitten. Um, and that's what Nick is trying to, to get his players to understand. And, and for the most part, the veterans understand it. Jalen certainly understands it. Um, but you know, you, it's human nature to say, Oh, this team stinks. This team, I, I hear it with Jody in the morning. Jody's worried about, um, you know, should you build the team to beat Kansas City? Mm. Um, and I tell him no, and he looks at me like I'm cross-eyed half the time. But, I mean, you can't worry about Kansas City. Um, you worry about Kansas City when you get there. Um, right. You got to beat your new favorite team, Dallas. You got to beat uh, – that was a <laughs> shot at you. I do not appreciate that because uh... – <laughs> The chat will start yeah. to run with that. So and you know how and, and you know how much they hold us to what we say. So I'm gonna need you not to do that. Just so you know, everybody, I am I have a war about that says go birds. So I'm still holding it down very seriously down here in yeah, the south. I mean, I, it, but in, in all real, you know, the Eagles got to worry about you know it's same thing. No, no, nothing new. First goal is the NFC East. Second goal, number one seed. You know, win the conference, then you can worry about the Super Bowl. And if you're in the Super Bowl, you're probably a pretty good team. So that take care, that that part of it takes care of itself. Absolutely, and you know, not only does that message have to continue to be permeated throughout the roster, and obviously the veterans are going to continue to push that message. You know, Jalen Hurts is he's you know he's like a young veteran, right, entering his fourth season. But you know, making sure you know the new guys, the rookies, making sure they understand the overall message as well, and also understanding what exactly is, is expected of them, um, especially as they embark on this new journey with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, that rookie class. You know, there's a lot of expectations. You know, you know from you know from those guys, uh, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, uh, especially, and a lot of people are really high on. A lot of fans, rather, are really high on, uh, you know, Sidney Brown, uh, Kelly Ringo, guys like that, even Tyler Steen. Um, but I want to get your opinion on what you saw today from the rookies, right? You know, today was the first day you really got to see them in, in, in some sort of action. So, uh, you know, what were your observations from uh, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, and all the other guys that you were able to get? Um, you know, well, they started everybody pretty slow. Um, uh, Jalen was on the second team. Um, Nolan was on the second and uh, third teams. Um, uh, Sidney Brown was on the third team. Uh, Tyler Steen was on the second team. If you're looking about guys who have a, a chance to play early, I do expect Jalen Carter to play early. Um, right. Ultimately, you know, today was in, in, in the 50 fronts, you had Jordan Davis with Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams. You know, the Eagles are really deep on the defensive line because Milton's a pretty good player. But I do ultimately think uh, Jalen Carter's, you know, so gifted. Uh, he's going to rise up pretty quickly and get uh, significant snaps on the defensive line. Just, he, you know, he's kind of different. So I put him off to the side. It's going to be interesting. Nolan you love Jalen Carter, don't you, John? I do. I, you, I, you, I, you, you speak highly of that young man. I I. He's the best player in the draft from a talent perspective. 
Um, you know, quarterbacks always get pushed up. But if you're just saying, all right, who's the best pure football player in this draft? It was Jalen Carter. And rarely do you go to the Super Bowl and, and get the best player in the draft. The Eagles pulled that off. Now, there's a reason they got him. And, you know, it's fine to bring up uh, the off-the-field issues. And he's certainly got to mature. But from a, just a pure talent standpoint, it's absurd that the rest of the NFL will let the Philadelphia Eagles get this kid and specifically the Chicago Bears because, I mean, that's a bad football team with a terrible defense that maybe had the worst defensive line in football. And you got this kid sitting there and it's okay. You don't want to take him at number one. I can, I can buy that uh, because of what happened. Um, but then you trade down um and he's still there, and you trade down again because you're too scared to take him. I, you know, come on, you're going to be bad forever. Um, and and so he ends up in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I mean, and and it it's a situation where with Chicago, as I said, they might have had the worst defensive line in football last year. In fact, no, maybe about it, they have the worst defensive line in football maybe struggles a little bit there because everybody's going to double team them. They're going to game plan for him. Even as a rookie here, you can't game plan for him because you have a son Reddick and you have Josh sweat and you have Fletcher and you have BG uh, and everybody else on that uh, defensive line, Jordan Davis, uh, et cetera. You just talked about Milton on and on and on and on. Um, you know, Jalen's going to get a lot of one-on-ones. Uh, and I think he's going to become a, a star in this league pretty quickly. You know, Nolan Smith, too, is interesting because I don't think he's going to play. He he dominated today uh, against the Eagles' backup offensive lineman. Poor Brady Russell, who's a backup tight end, undrafted kid. Oof. They tried to you know, do a 49ers. Let's, let's block the edge rusher with the tight end. And that did not go well. Um, had Marcus Mariota running for his life, but. Uh, well, I mean, remember, you know, Nolan was a highly recruited guy out of high school. Like, uh, was he, yeah, number was he one number recruit. One? Yeah. Number one recruit in the entire country. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's, he's really gifted. Um and he is undersized, so that's something you have to put in the equation. But um, from just an explosion standpoint, he 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 it's he's like Hassan Reddick, but maybe more gifted um, from an athletic standpoint. And 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 you have the luxury of letting him sit and learn behind. Hassan and 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 Josh Wett and Brandon Graham, um, so that is going to help. Uh, you know, maybe get twenty five percent of the snaps, thirty percent of the snaps, sort of learn on the job, uh, and then be able to take off when you need them to take off. But yeah, that's tremendous depth. 
And then Tyler Steen, I think, is going to get a legitimate chance to win the right guard job, but we'll see how that shakes out. I think that's going to be a legitimate competition. Um, and he'll get first-team reps on the days Kelsey has maintenance days and um, Camp Jurgens will move to center. And you kind of um, – you know, I look at it from this standpoint. Long-term – the goal is still Cam Jurgens is going to be your center when Jason retires and Tyler Steen's going to be the right guard eventually. So if he can play it, you might as well put him there this year uh, because that's your long-term answer at the position, but he's learning a new position. So I think people kind of jump the gun and say, well, he's just moving inside very different from tackle to, to guard, uh, uh, players get on you much quicker. Got to deal with really, really strong guys at defensive tackle. Um, you know, a lot of times you're on an island uh, playing tackle, especially left tackle, which you played at Alabama last year. So very different um, position-wise. So he's got a, a steep learning curve. And then, you know, Sidney Brown, third team, so – you know, they're starting him off slowly. Um, you know, it's Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds for now. Um, I think he'll get a chance as, as camp moves on. But I wouldn't I wouldn't expect Sidney Brown to start week one. You know, I think about I think about what you said in terms of the snap count, right? Or, or the snap percentage when it comes to like Nolan Smith and him having that opportunity to really watch and learn from Hassan Reddick. What do you think in a perfect world is the Eagles goals, you know, for these guys, right? Uh, like Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, those two guys in particular, what do you think the Eagles would really desire for those guys in terms of uh, the percentage of snaps? Because we know Jordan Davis last year only played about 25%, <clears throat> something like that. Um, you know, do you think, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles expect a bit more, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith in particular. Um, not Nolan, um, but yeah, Jalen. Uh, they to me would it, if if it's less than fifty, I, I think they'd be disappointed. Um, Interesting. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we get up to sixty-five, seventy with Carter. So significantly um, more than Jordan Davis, even in year two. Yeah, but that's not a fair comparison. You know, I, I, no matter how many times I say it, I, I think people don't understand the different position that Jordan Davis plays. So he plays a different – and by the way, that was one of the more interesting parts of today's practice. Um, they started out in the 50 fronts, which is the five-man front, where, where Jordan Davis plays nose tackle. And that's basically what he played last year. Um, and then – you go to the 40 front, the four man front, um, sort of the pass rushing front for lack of a better, uh, term. And the fact that if it's third and 10, you're not playing your 50 front, you're playing your 40 front, uh, cause you want to rush the passer. Um, he didn't play virtually at all. Just got a handful of snaps last year when they went to 40, he was in there a lot today. Uh, when they went to 40. So they want to look at him a little bit more and maybe that gets his snap numbers up a little bit. But then I start thinking they're so deep 
you know, you know, I, I, I've heard people say he's so athletic and, and, and so big that he could be an edge rusher. My buddy Paul Donowitz says that. I, I, you know, and I've said even as a three technique, you know. Wait, so you think there's a chance they may do something similar with Jalen Carter that they that they do with Brandon Graham? You know, they move Brandon Graham all up and down that defensive line. Do you think you may no, see that? No, no, I mean, that, that's my point with Jordan okay. Davis. Um, but the people that say this, that he should play this position, play that okay. position, that means you sh- you have to take people off the field. That means you have to take Fletch off the field or Jalen off the field or, or Milton off the field and play him. And again, it, it's kind of like the same people that say, oh, you don't have a linebacker. Well, you got a bunch of uh, edge rushers, so play Nolan Smith at all ball linebacker. No, no. The assumption, yeah, I mean, Nolan Smith is a better edge rusher. I said this on the show yesterday. Than Nicholas Morrow is a linebacker, off ball linebacker. Right. Guess what? Nicholas Morrow is a better off ball linebacker than Nolan Smith is an off ball linebacker. You know why? Because Nolan Smith doesn't play off ball linebacker. He doesn't know how to play off ball linebacker. So you don't just say, "Oh." Here's an athletic guy. Let's change his position. And oh, by the way. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Eagles think he's going to be a really good edge rusher. Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. In the case of Jordan Davis, the only only reason people want to move him is because he was the 13th pick in the draft. And I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad you said that because that, that, that leads me to another question. And it's going to you know obviously tie into what you're already about to say. But it begs the question, if they knew he was limited to the nose tackle role, because I, I, I firmly believe they saw that combine and they felt like that man can do virtually anything. And and begs the question, if they knew he only could play nose tackle, he was limited to maybe 35 40% or less of the snaps, would they have drafted him that high at 13? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they would have. I, I think that was the plan. Look, he's got the potential to play defensive tackle on the 40 front. My, my problem is with this team, with this team, I don't want to sit the other guys. I get it. Now, if 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 he were on Chicago, keep picking on the Bears. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting him out there because he's my best option. On this team, he's not the best option. But we'll see how quickly Jalen Carter gets up to speed. You know, one thing about rookies, and Jordan himself talked about this, you know. So many fans and even media people, they don't know, you know, what those guys are dealing with off the field. You know, a lot of them are moving to a city for the first time. They don't know anybody. Um, 
they're young men who a lot of them, you know, have had things taken care of for them. You know, college football teams tend to travel in packs, whether it's locally, you know, they all hang out together. They all uh, live together. They all do this stuff together. Then you're all of a sudden you're a pro and bang, you're on your own. You know, got to find a place to live. Got to find a place to shop. Got to do this. Got to find a place to eat. If you want to go out, you got to do these different things. <laughs> kind of sounds like me in guys, Texas. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you just went through a move, the real life aspect of it. And a lot of veteran guys like, you know, Jason, everyone says the great leadership. You know, Jason's got a family. Brandon's got a family. They're going home to their families, you know. They're not babysitting uh, young players. So it's a big deal, and it's a big deal that not it's not the reason the Eagles have this Georgia ecosystem, but it's kind of lucky that, you know, Jalen Carter has Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean and Nolan Smith and, and vice versa. Um, it helps. Moving on, I want to talk a little bit about Jalen Hurts, you know, he, one thing about training camp that always I don't know it, it, it bothers me but I'm not gonna make it about me right now but you know when people you know drop the stat packages about oh Jalen Hurts went six for ten and two touchdowns and pass yeah. breakups and all that you know kind of who stuff. hates that the Philadelphia Eagles uh, God bless and that's Elliot Elliot Shore Parks I can say because Elliot's a friend of mine yeah yeah it, it's it's dumb I I don't know. You know, it's dumb. You know, people yeah. pay like, attention you know, it, to it. Like, like, it's nothing wrong with, you know, saying, oh, Jalen had a nice pass to Devontae over the show. There's nothing wrong with, like, making those observations. I personally don't care about That's cool to me. But when, when we start getting into, like, the stat tallying of, like, about, you know, the quarterback and the first day I turned to camp and no. it, it get you know, it, it gets a little dicey for me. But my, my point is in bringing all that up. Uh, what was your evaluation um, of Jalen Hurts on day one? Again, you know, not much to really – you know, sitting up, you know, sift through again because it was day one. But, you know, what were some of your observations? What are some things that you noticed? Did you notice little differences in his throw motion or did you notice little differences in his, you know, his habits on the field? No, I mean, um, a lot of it, again, it was all red zone. So right. basically we're not seeing any deep throws to begin with because they're all in a, in a very controlled space and obviously a, a short. Um, so it was all about, uh, that to begin with, um, just as his confidence is, uh, you know, it, and he talked about this after practice, the experience, the, you know, whether you want to call it the game, slowing down, decision-making, more confidence. You know, the offense was better than the defense. Um, those two touchdowns you mentioned were both to Dallas Goddard, uh, really lost Nicobe Dean pretty easily, which is not a good thing for the defense. But, uh, um, and, you know, he had a, also, he had a, a quarterback draw for a touchdown where um, the Eagles used a, a little bit of sort of eyewash motion, which they don't do that much. Um, and both linebackers got lost in that. Uh, so that's a bit of a concern. But hmm. I'll tell I, 
you know, day one, I can tell you Jalen Hurts is a heck of a lot better than Marcus Mariota and uh, Tanner <laughs> McKee. I can tell you that. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the Kobe Dean and those linebackers uh, quite a few times just now. Um, I'll be frank. I'm not down on the Kobe Dean. I believe he's a very smart young man. I believe, you know, is, I believe anything is possible, right? But I don't think it's fair to just think he's just going to go in there and be able to replace what TJ Edwards provided. I personally believe it was a huge mistake letting TJ Edwards walk. I have no idea if they made him an offer, whatever, whatever, but he's not here anymore. But I'm not of the mindset that T- that Nicobe Dean is just going to walk in and just instantly make an impact and be able to replace what TJ Edwards did. But, you know, I want to know, you know, you mentioned they, they got lost quite a few times, you know, you know, what's your thoughts on this linebacker position? And even so, Harry Roseman mentioned that they're keeping our options open there. Yeah, they better. Uh, because, you know, I look, I have a lot of respect for this organization. I have a lot of respect for Howie. Um, you know, I was telling people Howie was a good GM before they knew it. Um, <laughs> um, and he is a good GM. But I, I think they've taken – and by and large, I agree, they – devalue the right positions they devalue running back they devalue linebacker these are positions you should devalue um compared to other positions like quarterback obviously but edge rusher cornerback uh in in offensive tackle the more important positions that generally get paid in the nfl um i think they've taken it too far at linebacker um they didn't make TJ an offer. Um, and so they I, let him walk you for know, $6 million. It, you know, if, if, if TJ Edwards was the middle linebacker here and N'Kobe Dean was the weak side linebacker, I'd be very comfortable. I'd be very comfortable. Wow. Um, it's N'Kobe at middle linebacker, Nicholas Morrow, weak side linebacker. I don't know how anybody could be comfortable with that, you know, but, you know, and, and TJ's from Chicago, the Chicago suburbs, but they made the decision pretty easy for him. Yeah. I mean, it took him 13 minutes. I, I mean, the Eagles weren't involved, but, um, I, my, my only point is if they were involved, would he have went to Chicago anyway? Maybe. Um, maybe wanted to go home. Uh, I don't know that part of it, but I, I think they've taken it too far at linebacker. Um, you know, and I, I think with this roster as it stands right now, um, you got to hope that Christian Ellis turns into a player. Um, and he had another interception today. So we've been at three practices, two OTAs, reporters, one training camp practice, has had an interception in every single one of them. I, I'd give him every single first-team rep. I'd say, hey, Nicholas, you know, all right, nice guy, nice player. Um didn't give him any guaranteed money. I got to take a look at this kid first. And if he doesn't work, maybe then I go back to Nicholas Morrow. I'm trying to get him ready to play because 
And and Nicobe, look, it's one practice. He didn't right. look good, right. but it's one practice. He had 34 snaps last year. But yeah, and anybody expect him? Oh, he won the Buckus Award at Georgia. I mean, Michael Sam was the co-defensive player of the year in the SEC. Couldn't play in the NFL because he's six two and he can't run. You know, um, there are a lot of good players in the SEC who aren't good pros. Uh, the assumption that, and the SEC is by far the best conference in college football. I'm not trying to say it isn't, but the assumption that you're good in the SEC, so you're going to be good in the NFL. Boy, that's that's a false assumption. Yeah, you know the the SEC, the you have a better chance of hitting on your player, maybe, but but the the, the odds of every single player in the SEC translating to the NFL is just not necessarily not necessarily realistic. You know, there's guys who go to D two schools or start off playing JUCO and somehow make their way onto a D one roster and end up being stars in the NFL. You know, so many different uh, various situations. Um, you know. Thinking about that linebacker position um, a little bit more in depth, you mentioned Christian Ellis. He continues to make plays. He, he, he continues to make the most of his opportunities. You know, I'm of the mindset to somehow pair him with N'Kobe Dean because having N'Kobe Dean and Anthony Morrow out there, both of those guys are very small. They're going to be heavily reliant on the defensive tackles doing their job to try to take some pressure off of them. Christian Ellis, he's a bigger body, you know, more of that prototypical linebacker body. Um, maybe can help a little bit better in run defense. Do you think that would bold bold much better for Nicobe Dean because he's not that big of a guy at being next to Christian Ellis? Yeah, I think it would help a little bit. And that's kind of what you would have with TJ as well. He's a bigger guy. Um, and you would have a, a better um, sort of compliment. Um, yeah, I mean, they're both, you're right. They're both undersized. Um, and that's the way the NFL is going. You know, the Eagles tried out a bunch of players on Tuesday. They signed Deion Kane, uh, who, remember, uh, was on the practice squad, played the USFL, was the USFL MVP in the championship game, by the way. Yeah. Um, but one, I bring it up because one of the players they uh, tried out was Marcus Allen, uh, who's a linebacker. They didn't sign him, uh, at least yet. Um you spin in Pittsburgh, um, was from Penn State, so some people locally might remember him. He was a safety at Penn State, turned into a linebacker. The Eagles constantly do this. Uh, Nicholas Morrow was a safety in college. Um, they turned him, uh, eventually turned into a linebacker. Um, Nate Gary, <laughs> the favorite of the Eagles, was a safety. <laughs> Safety at Nebraska, they tried to turn him into a linebacker. Um, they keep doing this. I get it. Um, you know, cover it's more about coverage right. in, the, in the modern NFL. But this ain't working. This ain't working. I mean, there's a – you know, one of the best uh, nickel linebackers I, I've ever seen in my career covering football is Jack Del Rio, who couldn't run a lick but was so smart, he understood zone coverages. He he understood where to be, played in Tampa 2. Essentially, it was Minnesota 2 before Tampa 2 with Tony Dungy. Um, 
understood where to be. You know, if you linebacker more than any other position, it's and you know certainly if if safeties or corners um, take a false step, it's going to affect them. But linebackers, because it's such uh, uh, an instinctive position, and by the way, Nicobe has great instincts. If if you run a four seven and you have great instincts, I'll take that all day over the four four guy that's taking a false step. Bang, that's gone. You take one false step the wrong way because you got no idea what's going on. That four seven guy's getting to the football quicker. Sounds like T.J. Edwards, a guy who wasn't really the fastest, but he had great instincts and just knew where to be. Yeah. And, you know, T.J. ran – the whole thing with T.J., T.J. was a great college player. T.J. was the runner-up for the Butkus Award at Wisconsin. So not like a a small school. He was the runner-up to Roquan Smith. But that 40-yard dash killed him. Yeah, he ran a four eight seven, but and and that's the which is terrible, by the way. Uh, that's that's beyond terrible. So I get it, but you know he probably never ran a four eight seven again. He was a, he had a bad day. You know people have bad days. Right. You know now he's not never been a fast guy, but he also doesn't run four eight seven, um, and he improved. He remade his body, and the guy who left Philadelphia was a lot quicker than the guy who arrived. Um, yeah, they, they've taken it too far at linebacker. Taken it too far. And maybe, you know, Davion Smith had an intercept. Davion Taylor mm-hmm. had an interception uh, today. So maybe Davion can get back in the mix. Who knows? At least he can run. At least he can. He's got some size. He can hit. But that goes back aggressive. to your point about the instincts, and that was what that was what was lacking with Davion early on in his career, right? Yeah, but he was starting to get it a little bit until he, and got, then hurt, he got hurt. Right. Um, that's been the problem with Davion; he's been hurt too much. Um, you remember he had those two forced fumbles in Denver. In Denver, yeah, um, that was. I thought that was going to be the beginning of his, you know, of his ascension, and then. And the only reason I bring him up, uh, DJ Elliott, the new linebackers coach, uh, coached him at Colorado, so they have a history hmm. together. Maybe he gives him a little, a little bit, bit more. more of a look. Who knows? Okay. Um, but they need something at linebacker. Um, and it's not going to be Nolan Smith. Please, <laughs> please, if I hear that again, I might jump off the roof. Oh, man. You know what? As we begin to close the show, John, uh, this just you know popped into my head. I've been thinking about the DBs, right? More in particular, the uh, the corners, and maybe a little bit of the safeties, but 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 really the corners, right? And obviously, Darius Slade, James Bradbury, uh, Monty Maddox, those are your starters, right? But it makes me think about the cornerback position in terms of depth: Josh, Joe, Greedy Williams, Zach McPherson. Uh, Kelly Ringo, guys like that. You know, what's your confidence level in what's your confidence level in the cornerback room in terms of depth? And also to piggyback off of that question, um, did you see the Philadelphia Eagles mix and match uh, Kelly Ringo um, at safety at any point? No, that's okay. another one. No, okay. not happening. <laughs> Who started that one? Okay, you don't got to embarrass me, John. It's just a question. No, well, no, I heard it long before you said it. So, no, they're not playing 
Kev. <laughs> I don't. I don't these are young players with terrific upsides right. and you, you want to change their positions. I'm not speaking to you directly. Right. Right. I got you. I mean, the Eagles think, uh, Ringo is going to be the heir apparent to slay or, or, or Bradbury as a starting outside corner in this league. And remember Slay's 32 years old. That is true. Bradbury's just turned 30. So, uh, both of those guys are on the wrong side of 30. Um, yeah, he's staying at corner. Um, and the Eagles hope. Uh, if he can and, figure and, out and, that flexibility with that size, he can be a problem. <sighs> Uh-oh. What do you think of John? Talk to me. Talk to me while we're here. <laughs> well, I mean, he, 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 he's not a hitter. Um, I don't, I, do people think he's Ronnie Lotz? I, I don't, you know, I mean, he's, he's a speed guy. Right. Um, and, and he's very fast. Um, uh, the Eagles have a ton of greedy six, two. I'm just looking, uh, Kelly six, two, Eli Ricks is six, two, Makai Gardner six, two. Okay. They got really all quick. these guys. I'm, glad, I'm sorry, John, but really quickly. Now that you say that. Are they starting to are they, are they are they trying to slowly morph the profile of their cornerback room? Oh yeah, the outside corners, yeah. I mean, they want long most of the NFL, the Eagles are no different. They want really long guys outside. And then you have the Abonte Maddox. And that's why Zach McPherson, the best part of getting all these guys is they've been able to move Zach McPherson into the slot as the backup to Avante Maddox. And all of a sudden um, you have terrific depth inside. As long as one of those guys can handle being a backup outside corner. Now you help, you hope Darius and Bradbury stay healthy for the whole season, but you know, they both, they both did last year. They both played all 20 games, but I don't know if you can count on that again. And you need, a legitimate backup outside corner. They have a lot of bodies, um, a lot of young kids. Ringo's the long-term prospect that they think is going to turn into a starting corner. But the luxury of that is, you know, he gets to sit and not play safety. The Eagles have enough bodies at safety. They, They might not be great. But again, Reed Blankenship, um, Showed an up last year to where you know he can play the position at least to a competent level. Terrell Edmonds has been a five-year starter with a pretty good defense in, in Pittsburgh. People forget about Justin Evans. Um, you know, he he was a second-round pick back in the day, was a starter in Tampa Bay before um, the injuries kind of took hold of his career. He's a very good coverage player. He's a guy that I think – the Eagles like more than people realize. Um, and they have Sidney Brown. Sidney Brown is at safety what Kaylee Ringo is at cornerback. Sidney Brown's the guy that they expect to turn into what I was told. He's got Buddha Baker-like traits. Hmm. That's the guy they want at safety. It's probably not going to be week one. 
Um, it might be, it might take a year of development. May might take two years. That's the guy they want at safety. They don't want, they don't want Kaylee Ringo at safety. So, John, you know what's coming up next for the Eagles, right? Obviously, um, yesterday was the uh, yesterday was the check-in day. You know for the. Uh, for the physicals today was the first day of practice. Uh, when are these guys next appearing on the field? You know, when will you guys have availability there? Uh, Friday is the next. They're they're having a walk through uh, tomorrow. Um, okay. Not open to the media. Um, Friday back on the practice field, um, and then I have Saturday off and and Sunday. So very light. Um, you know, Eagles are in this mode of. It's better to get to week one healthy. Uh, that's their cost-benefit analysis, and that's that's their goal more than anything else. Understood. Hey, listen, you guys, make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you guys continue to stay engaged in the content. Comment below. Also, make sure you guys check out John McMullen's writing on jacobsports.com. He does an amazing job there. Uh, John, any final thoughts or takeaways before we get out of here? Um. You know, it, it was a sloppy day, but uh, – and the Eagles knew it, by the way. Um, yeah, I heard Nick Sirianni uh, had the bullhorn out. Yeah. Uh, a lot of yelling from Nick Sirianni. The Italian came out of him today, but <laughs> it's the first day. It's understandable. I went, You're, you're going to read a lot about the sloppiness. Um, so what? Should be sloppy day one. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, very deep team. I'll tell you what, you know, the offense beat the defense today. I gave James Bradbury the game ball, uh, the practice game ball. He had a tremendous practice. Uh, But this defensive line is so deep and so talented. Um, I got a lot of concerns about the back end on defense, not the corners, but everybody else. Um. But this defensive line is so gifted. Um, they might be able to mask uh, a lot of problems. You guys have been watching Football 24-7 with John McMullen. I'm your guy, Tony DeShields II. This has been Jacob Sports. One love, stay humble, stay healthy. And most importantly, stay hungry, you guys. Take care, and we're out of here. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.